Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Lewis Hamilton dragged his Mercedes to his first pole position of the season in a thrilling qualifying session for the Hungarian Grand Prix, beating Max Verstappen by just 0.003 seconds. It was a qualifying format altered as part of a trial for the alternative tyre allocation catchy uh, where they used hard tyres in Q1, mediums in Q2 and softs in Q3. Uh, Lando Norris had good pace as well and was the final place of the top three finishers. We saw the interviews today joined by his teammate Oscar Piastri for a second row lockout and there is more drama further back as well. We'll get into all of that with our man who has been trackside today, Jake Boxall Leg. Hello sir, how's Hungary been for you? Hungary's been absolutely lovely, thank you very much. Uh, Budapest is such a lovely city to come to. I haven't been here for about five years, so it's nice to kind of see old haunts and explore a little bit. Um, and, and, the, and the track is uh, lovely as well. It's very, very easy to navigate. I got to watch a little bit of trackside action in FP1. Uh, did brave the rain for that, but luckily I brought a coat. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good so far. Mixed up, I guess, is how we could describe it. Uh, minor cliche alert, but um, it, it really was actually. And and how much of that do you think was because of the rain disruption from yesterday? And how much of that do you think might have been because of this this different qualifying format, which isn't a full time change? It was being tried out today. What? Why do you think we saw Lewis Hamilton first, Max Verstappen second, then the two McLarens? And well, we'll get onto it now. Zhou Guanyu in fifth today. These alternative tyre regulations, for example, they've created a lot of change um, with regards to how the teams run practice. It's not just about the qualifying tyre types, but the fact that two sets of tyres were taken away from each driver as well. So that really limited what they could do in practice. And actually, perversely, the fact that FP1 was wet, uh, that actually gave them more running because they, you know, weren't they still had the same allocations from intermediate and wet tyres, so they could actually go out and do some running. Whereas if it was a dry FP1, the drivers were actually a little bit concerned that um, they wouldn't be able to do as much. And so that kind of carried into FP2 and FP3 as well. People weren't really doing the preparation they wanted to do because they had to think about 
nailing everything on all three compounds rather than just focusing on the race compounds in one session or focusing on qualifying on the softs in another one the drivers weren't really sure what to expect coming into qualifying it was a, it was a big change um, certainly I think all around the board so the fact that we've ended up with quite a mixed up grid some of the drivers reckon it would have been the case anyway but mm. um, I'm not really convinced by that and some of the drivers complaining a little bit about a uh, reduction in track action as well with this kind of format and uh, different tyres. I think it's bad for the fans. For the first time since 2021, Lewis Hamilton back on pole, teammate George Russell in 18th. And not because of a shunt and not because of anything ridiculous. Uh, Max Verstappen second on the grid. Uh, teammates Sergio Perez down in ninth. Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri, no difference between them, which would imply... Both drivers performing well. A really good car. Third and fourth. And then the Alfa Romeo of Joe Guan Yu in fifth. But Valtteri Bottas in seventh. Holy moly, the quickest Ferrari is not a Ferrari. Uh, Followed down by Charles Charles Leclerc in sixth. And teammate Carlos Sainz down in 11th. How did Daniel Ricciardo do? He was 13th. So the teammate battles there, showing Yuki Sonoda how it's done. Let's get into uh, just just fascinating, brilliant sporting event to watch today. Lewis Hamilton back on pole. How did he do it, JBL? Was he quicker or was Max Verstappen for some reason a bit slower? Well, it was was very, very kind of unexpected because I think a lot of people expected the main challenge after Q1 and Q2 to come from Lando Norris, not Lewis Hamilton. And especially after Mercedes had flattered to deceive in FP1, uh, George Russell, as you mentioned, being knocked out, which was a huge surprise, a very big scalp there. Um, But Hamilton laid it all on the line and he simply said, you know, I just... I sent it and I just had to hope that the car held on through the corners and and it did. Verstappen put in that fantastic benchmark to to kick off a a Q3 with, but he couldn't beat it. And that was the key thing that left him vulnerable to the advances of the other drivers. Norris got very, very close, but didn't quite manage to make it happen. Hamilton did and I'm sure that there are there's perhaps other explanations here the fact that maybe DRS isn't quite so prevalent around this circuit uh, going into turn one sure there's a, a top speed advantage that can be derived from that but the following DRS zone coming out of that corner it's not very very big and so it will have kind of negligible effect I guess so that might be why he was a little bit more open in qualifying than than has been perhaps been the situation before but also he was struggling uh, massively with his balance i say massively in relative terms considering <laughs> the fact course. that he's in an all comp- conquering uh, rb19 but he was not particularly happy uh, in, in the press conference and although he was kind of happy that he actually had some close competition for once um he felt that the car was off what it perhaps should have been and um he just found that when he was, you know, trying to get the car through the apex and apply the throttle on the corner exit, he just didn't have the grip at the front end. And um, there was these shifts in balance that he didn't really know what to do with. So I think that was the main issue, the fact that he just wasn't particularly comfortable all through the qualifying session. And I think that did show generally through the the, the sessions, you know, Joe was Joe was fastest in, in Q1, Norris fastest in Q2, and Verstappen had a good go in Q3, but was beaten once again 
He said, uh, Max Verstappen said in his comments following qualifying that the car was all over the place and such is the dominance of the RB19 to be all over the place is is three thousandth of a second off of pole and uh, but I thought he took it he took it pretty well because he was on a nice r- string of poles but uh, but that win record they're on at the moment uh, will be broken tomorrow if Red Bull win and what do you think about the chances of the race being a tight one Lewis Hamilton said afterwards um, that he thinks in race pace that Red Bull is still quicker, but was he just kind of tempering some expectations there? What what can we expect tomorrow? Because Max has not had, uh, at times, faultless starts in 2023. Last time out in, in Silverstone and, and Lando got the jump on him. So it's a tasty prospect going down to turn one tomorrow with old rivals Hamilton and Verstappen next to each other on the grid. How do you think the race might shape out? Well, that's something that Norris was hoping for once again. Um, he, he was very, very uh, keen on the idea that Verstappen does something similar. And uh, Norris was also a little bit more cheeky in that he said, well, you know, Valtteri Bottas isn't directly behind me going into the first corner, so that won't be an issue either. Um, it's going to be a very, very long race tomorrow because the Hungaroring, it's a circuit the drivers love, but they also know that it's got this relentless reputation. It's all corners really there's no real moment to rest but it also throws up really interesting results as well you know we had Esteban Ocon win a couple of years ago we've had so many drivers take their first wins at this circuit um it's so hard to overtake here as well so if you've got the lead going into the first corner you've got the whip hand and again as you mentioned yeah Verstappen's had hit or miss starts and if that's something that happens again then there's every chance that Hamilton can potentially, you know, string it out and win. Um, the quality, the race pace during FP2 perhaps wasn't as strong as Mercedes had hoped it would be, but they're pretty adamant that they managed to make some progress overnight and hopefully get a better race car out of it. Um, but also, and, and this is a very whisper it quietly moment as well, <laughs> looking through the practice data for, for FP2, Alfa Romeo was strong really strong Mm. and it was at the point where Charles Leclerc said you know we had that on our bingo cards but I didn't (laughs) believe it I didn't think it was true but the pace is there so I'm not expecting a win from Bottas or Joe but there's possibility there for them to do something very very uh, unusual so I think we we might get a really good race tomorrow I hope we do because the the potential is there and it'll just be nice to have something different to talk about on uh, on a Sunday one of the reasons I think perhaps the crowd made such a massive cheer when Lewis Hamilton got pole not because he has some sort of uh, secret fan base all hiding out in in Hungary but just because they've paid loads of money to be at a sporting event and all of a sudden it was just something a little bit different to 2003 2023 which has given us a very consistent set of results um, so far such is the way that Formula One works when there's periods of dominance though um, so the fans thought it was a very very popular poll we'll wait and see let's talk a little bit about McLaren because um, so many people said to me Actually, normally on the YouTube videos that we make as well, not so much on the on these podcasts, mainly because feedback's a little bit harder on podcasts. There's not an instant comment section to drop into and go, oh, they don't know what they're talking about because they won't be quick at the uh, Hungaro ring. McLaren, it's circuit-specific. It was only at Silverstone. Well, we haven't had a race yet, but we got third and fourth on the grid. So people said to me, hey, if McLaren are quick, 
at both tracks, then they're properly quick. Also factoring, they didn't bring those upgrades that were scheduled for this weekend to the event. Um, have you spoken to either the McLaren drivers or what have you heard from the McLaren team with a, a, a second row lockout? Because that's a great result for them. Well, I think going into the weekend, it wasn't something that they particularly expected. But actually, I think they've kind of moved the goalposts a little bit with their expectations because their weakness is in the low speed corners. And at the Hungara ring, even though it's a, a, people kind of assume it's just Monaco with, with grass and runoff, there's two kind of low speed corners and that's about it, which is turn one and it's the turn six, seven chicane. Everywhere else, McLaren's pretty strong. And mm. so there are chances for the team to do to do well, and, and that's something that the that Norris said. That's something that Andrea Stella said as well. You know, it's not a true low speed course, so there are going to be some weaknesses around the track, but it's not as perhaps prevalent as they perhaps feared. And, and delaying the upgrade as well. You know, the car's been had a massive turnaround already. It's just good to kind of get another race to kind of get the lay of the land with where they are at the moment and then add something on a little bit later when the time is right. And, um, you know, if you add three upgrades on in quick succession, that might be great, but you need still need to understand what works and what doesn't. So uh, I think for the technical team, certainly, uh, it's probably better that it works out like this. And we're finally, you know, we're talking a bit more about Oscar Piastri as well, a driver that came into this season uh, with some very, very uh, high expectations levelled at him from those that had followed his junior career as well and uh, starting to deliver a little bit off his teammate Lando Norris, who really has made McLaren his own and will continue to until, well, the end of contracts and, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, but uh, but Alfa Romeo, as you say, just Absolutely delighted. Previous best in Formula One was a ninth on the grid and starting fifth on Sunday uh, for Zhou Guan Yu. Hey, what happened to the Ferraris here? Because they seemed to be quick earlier in the weekend. Uh, maybe different fuel runs and stuff. You can't read too much into what was a disrupted Friday anyway. But Charles Leclerc starting sixth and Carlos Sainz, get, Sainz getting knocked out and starting 11th. Uh, what are Ferrari's thoughts on their, um, you know, being outpaced by, by Alfa Romeo? And this year's Ferrari, it has the horrible problem of being really inconsistent. And so the engineers are trying to get the bot to the bottom of when it's quick and when it's not. Because at the moment, they go track to track and they don't know if they're going to be quick or not. And so the drivers will talk a good game on Thursday and go, oh, well, you know, it might suit us here because it's got loads of these, uh, you know, we're really good under traction. And, you know, this circuit offers a lot of traction zones. So we should be quite good and we should be quite good under braking as well. But actually, you know, it, it, it comes down to it and um, the orders all, you know, jumbled up like it is. Mm. And so I think... There were glimmers of pace in the if you look at Leclerc's final qualifying lap, the first sector was very, very strong. And it's, you know, not unfeasible that if he'd managed to hook everything up, you know, he could have been on one of the top the front two rows. But mm. unfortunately it just didn't quite work out like that. And Ferrari will do a lot of head scratching as to why. Um with regard to Carlos Sainz, who drops out in Q2 by just two thousandths of a second relative to Fernando Alonso. He felt that he was just basically collateral with regards to the, uh, with, the with, with the tires and just not switching on the mediums just left him open and, and vulnerable. Um, he, he did have a little moan about the, the ATA and he said, I don't think it's relevant or necessary that F1 spices up the qualifying format. That's its prerogative, I guess. But he just felt that he was hard done by by it on this occasion. But again, it's Formula One. You know, some drivers are going to win out and some are going to lose out. That's just the nature of the game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just 
Ferrari being Ferrari and being inconsistent, unfortunately. <laughs> Sadly. And I guess the same can be said for uh, Aston uh, Martin, who just slipping down from the competitive order a little bit compared to the beginning of the season. Some uh, chalking that down to the develop- the in-season development race, which they feel uh, Aston haven't done as well as other teams, with Fernando Alonso 8th and his teammate Lance Stroll down in 14th. Any kind of post-quali penalty between uh, Stroll and Bottas was waved away by the stewards, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, thoughts from you on Daniel Ricciardo. Big, big talking point going into uh, the weekend. Sorry if any of our listeners are sort of sick of uh, talking about Daniel Ricciardo again, but it, it was the biggest talking point going into the, this weekend when a, a, a one of 20 drivers on the grid gets changed mid-season. It is a big deal. Um, any any news on him? He was 1.3 seconds off the pole time, but he was a decent chunk ahead of his teammate Yuki Sonoda, his first outing in an Alpha Tauri. Well, it's just a case for him of uh, getting up to speed in the car and the fact that he wasn't miles off the pace, that's a win. Um, the fact that he got out of Q1, that's also a win. It just happens that it was at the expense of his teammate. And um, I think it was probably more than he had hoped for or expected. Um, and he just seems to be, and he reckons this himself, he feels like himself again. After two very, very bruising years and six months out, he's come back in. There's not really any pressure on him. I suppose there is a little bit because the aspiration is to get back into a Red Bull seat. Mm. But... This weekend particularly, it was like, okay, get in the car, see what you can do and go from there. So there's not too much pressure, you would say. He was always going to get sort of a relatively lenient run out because, you know, with no preseason, no testing, anything like that, you know, I think you get a little bit of leeway. So he's just been able to just get in, try and get the car to his liking, try and get used to it. And he's actually come out and said, look, the car's lacking downforce, but in terms of handling characteristics and what he can do with it, there's not a lot wrong. It's just missing overall load. And that's a little bit different to actually what we've heard from the drivers because you've heard Sonoda complain about braking quite a lot. Nick DeVries came in with this massive kind of shopping list of things that he wanted on the car. For Ricardo to come in, have no expectations of the car and actually find that he can kind of work with it a little bit, that, that bodes well. I think it's... It gives him a little bit maybe kind of a change in direction in that inherently there's not too much wrong with it. It's just working out what they need to do rather than trying to make wholesale changes. So it's good for the team uh, and, you know, it, it gives them a known quantity, certainly. So, yeah, I think definitely he's one of the stars of, of the day. Brilliant. Well, there's so much to watch out for tomorrow afternoon. We can't wait, not just because Lewis Hamilton is mixing things up at the front and him and Max Verstappen aiming for the same apex at turn one is going to be like lighting a fire underneath uh, Formula One for the first time for some people in a little while, such has been the uh, the consistency with Red Bull's dominance in 2023, but also seeing Lando Norris up there as well in the McLarens and Oscar Piastri. Lando being disappointed that he didn't do better seeing as you've said hey the uh, the big tip is watch those Alfa Romeos in race pace tomorrow because even Leclerc as you said in the Ferraris at their simulations they didn't even believe them so for some reason the Alfa Romeos are really quick and then we've got those teammates kind of out of order where they should be Sergio Perez should be higher up than ninth George Russell certainly should be higher up than 18th uh, I probably didn't explain by the way bad timing on the track at the wrong time um, it, he, he didn't blame the new qualifying tyres the format or anything like that and um, he, it was just a case of 
Uh, he blamed the gentleman's agreement. He was waiting for his space on the track, got overtaken by, I think it was uh, Gasly and, and someone else, and, and just had a bad track position and, and didn't get the lap hooked up. He blamed, uh, didn't blame the team, but he just said, we messed up. And so... Um, uh, he's got a lot of work to do tomorrow. So, JBL, thank you so much for your report today. What will you be on the lookout for uh, tomorrow as uh, some of the big talking points, if I haven't already summed them up? Uh, so, I think beyond those talking points, it is going to be a case of, because tomorrow is going to be quite hot again, and it's probably going to be a little bit more hot than it was today. So, it's going to be really, really difficult for these teams to keep their tyres in a decent window because they're going to want to overheat. You know, track temperatures today we're around 47 degrees C you know we could be heading for 48 49 maybe even 50 tomorrow if things brighten up so this is going to be something that's going to be crucial and so it's going to all going to be about tire management it's all going to be about strategy and you know for some of these teams at that temperature tires might fall off tires might switch on it might be perfect for some teams and not so good for other teams so I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I'm also equally prepared to be as disappointed, but um, <laughs> that, that I think that comes with with the job, maybe. But I'm I'm just hoping yeah. for something that you know is is going to blow people's blow people's minds. Hopefully. Well, I didn't think 2023 would see uh, Lewis Hamilton achieving any Formula One records, but he's done it. Any drivers in history to secure pole at the same circuit on nine separate occasions. Senna did it at Imola, Schumacher did it at Suzuka, and uh, Hamilton himself at uh, Melbourne. But uh, for nine times now, a Hungara uh, ring specialist, uh, nine poles at the same circuit, a record breaker still in Formula One. Well, we can't wait to see what happens on Sunday afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. That is our Saturday quali show in the books and we'll catch you for the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.